This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Welcome to the internet and radio ministry of the Christian Crusaders. Last week we began a new sermon series called All the Places to Go, How Do You Know? We talked about Abraham, who, though he was just an ordinary man with a simple faith, chose to enter the open door God presented to him, and thus became a great man in our spiritual history. Today, we will continue our series as we discuss the wisdom of choosing right doors. Please stay with us for our message, door number one or door number two. Life is full of all kinds of doors and choices that need to be made. Question is, how do you choose the best one? Today we're going to look at how to choose right doors. So I hope you'll stay with us. We begin in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's pray. Gracious God and Father, we approach your throne of grace today, confident that you have the words of life that we need for the living of our days. By the power of your Spirit, open the eyes of our hearts to see the light of your glory and open our ears to hear your good news. In the name of Jesus, we ask this. Amen. Our reading for today is taken from the Apostle Paul's letter to the Philippians, chapter 1, beginning at verse 9. Paul writes, And this is my prayer that your love may overflow more and more with knowledge and full insight to help you to determine what is best, so that in the day of Christ you may be pure and blameless, having produced the harvest of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ for the glory and praise of God. Dear friends, how do you pray for your children or your grandchildren? I am a parent myself and a grandparent, and I pray for my kids. I pray that they be healthy and they be protected and so on. But most importantly, I pray that they would make good decisions in life to walk in God's ways. After all, we know there are a lot of bad decisions that can be made in life. Making decisions is an important and oftentimes very difficult part of life. Some of us have a tough time making decisions. We're afraid of choosing the wrong path, the wrong door. Many are hesitant to make ironclad commitments for fear of getting stuck in something. Or we want guarantees that it'll work out fine before we make a decision. And oftentimes life isn't like that. Open doors. We all face them. As we talk about open doors in this sermon series, there's an old TV game show that comes to mind that I watched when I was a kid. Let's make a deal with Monty Hall. The idea of the show was that you would come with some sort of a little thing in hand, and if Monty chose you, you would trade it for a bigger prize, hopefully trading up to the biggest prize of the day. He'd ask, do you want what's behind this door, behind this curtain? Will you trade it for it? Of course, everybody was tense and fearful and anxious because there was the fear of getting zonked, picking the wrong door and getting the white elephant prize. Uh, 
And in the ending, there's the three doors to choose from. Door number one, door number two, door number three. When you think about it, life is full of doors. So many decisions to be made. So many choices. We don't want to get zonked. Which is the right one, we ask ourselves. The best one to take. It can stress a person out and even paralyze people from making a choice at all, which is a choice in itself. And people have interesting methods for making choices, for choosing doors. Flip a coin. I saw the other day someone do that. Superstitions like Ouija boards and horoscopes and fortune tellers. And some people will say, well, I just follow my gut, which I think can be dangerous because of my sinful nature. I know what I want and I'm pretty much going to follow what I want. Tell my gut to do the same. Some of us operate like Yogi Berra using his method. If you come to a fork in the road, take it without any thought at all. Interestingly, though, as you look in Scripture, the Bible doesn't really provide an outline for the various big and little decisions we have to make in life. But it does tell us quite clearly that God wants us to learn to become good choosers. And that would make sense when you think about it. After all, we're created in God's image. He's given us a mind with which to think and reason and a will to exercise. And he's given us himself to be with us in all of life. Decision-making. In today's passage, we find Pastor Paul, the Apostle Paul, telling a congregation of Christians that he's praying for them. You see, Paul is their spiritual father. He brought them to Christ. They're like his children. And so the letter drips with love and affection more than any other letter that Paul wrote. Today we learn what his prayers to God are when he prays for the Philippians. Boils down to this, that they grow to make good decisions as they face the various doors and opportunities they encounter along the way. His words Again, my prayer is that your love may overflow with knowledge and full insight to help you determine what is best. So what is Paul really communicating here? It's important that as God's people, we become good choosers, that we come to that place where we determine what is best as followers of Jesus Christ, that as we live our lives our new lives in Christ, that our love for God and neighbor and one another might overflow, grow, as we live out Christ's great commandment and great commission. He says, I pray that you'll grow in love. The love he's talking about here is called agape love, a decision to live sacrificially for the sake of another, to give self away, just basically like Jesus did. Jesus-type love is what's being talked about here. Jesus talked about it one time in the upper room with his disciples as he described life in the community. He said, love one another as I have loved you. By this, all people will know that you're my disciples. That's the way to live. Paul, though, adds to this growing in love. He said, I pray that you not only love much, but also well. May your life of love be 
peppered with knowledge and full insight. Love is not meant to be blind, as some people will say, or a sentiment or an emotion. It's meant to be thoughtful and insightful. That's love at its best. He says, may it be peppered with knowledge. Knowledge of what? Knowledge of God. From his word. That's where we find it. Where we learn his ways. His love for you. His mind. His will for your life. His kingdom principles and values that make for abundant living. It's where we learn about our knowledge of ourselves as well. How we need God. And full insight, what's that? It's basically spiritual discernment, or another way of putting it would be wisdom. People who have mastered the art of living, who tend to make good decisions, are described as wise. Paul says, I pray for these things for you in order to help you determine what is best, to make good decisions. Choose right doors. That you make uh, decisions and actions that will truly benefit others and glorify God. Not only discerning what is morally good or bad, but also knowing the difference between what's better and what's best. Then Paul goes on to say, and when all is said and done, you'll stand before the Lord on that great day, pure and blameless. That's his way of saying, you'll look like Jesus who's described as the pure and blameless one. Having produced a harvest of righteousness, that word righteousness is right living before God. We know about that righteousness from Psalm 23. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. You'll live a fruitful life for Christ, Paul says, that will cause others to glorify and praise God. So that's Paul's prayer. For them, for us as well, that we live lives loving God, neighbor, one another, as Christ's people, making good, wise decisions as we live this life of love. So it's important to ask, what are some basic principles to help us do that, to grow into that, to become wise and knowledgeable and insightful? It begins, first of all, with asking God for it. And not just once, by the way, but constantly. Asking for it is the starting point. It's important to notice here that Paul is praying for this on behalf of his beloved people. He knows from personal experience that he can't have this wisdom on his own, and neither can we. We need God's help. He knows so much more than we could ever know. So Paul says, I ask for it on your behalf, that God would help you to become wise and make God-pleasing decisions. I'm reminded of uh, James chapter 1. It says, if anyone of you is lacking wisdom, ask for it. And God, who is generous, We'll give it. I'm reminded of the story of uh, Solomon when he became king of Israel. What was the thing that he prayed for in his prayer? He prayed for wisdom to lead this people. And God blessed him 
for asking that, and he gave him his wisdom. Asking takes humility. It's a humble act. It's basically saying, I'm not wise enough on my own. I'm reminded of the Alcoholics Anonymous prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and wisdom to know the difference. And Paul and James will say to you, this God that you pray to is generous, and he wants to give you that wisdom that you need in life. Second thing to consider is to be more intentional in your decision-making. Develop some skills in how you make your decisions, and begin with the little things before you have to face the big things that come along. Choosing doors is a process of, number one, recognizing opportunities. As we said last week, God opens doors. What is this a chance to do, in other words? Then identify some options. What could I do in this situation? A, B, C. And then evaluate. Would this be good or bad, fruitful or unfruitful, pleasing to God or displeasing? then choose one and go to action and learn from the experience. You've got a free evening after supper. You've got an opportunity. Here's some time that can be spent well. What can I do with it? Look at the options. Well, I could play with the kids. I could read to them or play a game or I could spend some time talking with my wife. I could have some quiet time or do some reading. Or I could pick up the remote and turn on the TV set. And then you evaluate which one of these options are best for me. What's good? What's bad? What's better? What's best? Then choose. And then learn from the experience. Look back on it and review. She learned to do these in the small things of life. You'll find it easier as you face the big decisions that come along. You've disciplined yourself to start thinking wisely. And by the way, it's important that you keep your eye on the ball constantly. Keep asking the right questions of life, big picture questions. What is God's priority, his purpose for my life. It's important that we remind ourselves of this. God's primary will for your life is not the achievements that we accrue. It's not the busyness that we can fill our lives with. It's the person you become, pure and blameless, producing fruits of righteousness like Jesus. So we need to ask, why am I here constantly? I hear people ask that typically after a near-death experience. God spared me, they say. He must have a purpose for me. I wonder what it is. Why do we wait until we have a heart attack or a near-death experience to ask that question? It's a good one to ask on a daily basis. Why am I here? What am I investing my life energies into at this point in my life? Making myself comfortable, getting my personal security, the small things, or am I investing in larger, noble things, God things? What does it profit a person to gain the whole world? Jesus said, 
all those small things and lose your soul. Ask the right questions. And I think it's important to put together a door selection committee for yourself or have a counselor or a team of wise counselors who know you and you can trust to tell you what you need to hear. The Philippians had the Apostle Paul to speak truth into their lives, didn't they? King Solomon says in Proverbs 12, the way of fools seems right to them, but the wise listen to advice. You see, we have blind spots as individuals, and we have restricted vision, and we need others who can speak truth into our lives. And learn to expect that it will still be difficult along the way. Your decisions that you make sometimes will lead to some failures. That's okay. If you run into difficulties and failures, you'll learn and grow from it. And God's love will still be there for you. He will still value you as you. And he can even use those things as well. Finally, the all-important ingredient for making wise decisions in life, for determining what is best, is this. To connect yourself and stay connected to one person in particular. This person will prove to be the wisest friend you'll ever have. In talking of himself, he said, someone greater than wise old Solomon is here. He referred to himself as the ultimate door, the gate to abundant living. He said that when his words about living a good life are applied by someone, he or she will be like a wise person who built his house upon a rock and the storms of life could not blow it down. And he told his disciples that he's the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the God life but by him. He's not just talking about heaven here, but life now and into eternity. The Apostle Paul says in this passage we've been studying that through him comes the fruits of righteousness. In another letter to the Colossians, Paul will talk about the riches available through this person, that in him are hidden all the treasures of knowledge and wisdom. Of course, by now you've figured out who I'm talking about. This person is Jesus Christ. And here's what he did. Proverbs writes of wisdom speaking to us from on high, from the temple in chapter 9. Well, wisdom came down from there, from on high and dwelt among us to rescue us from our sinful ways. He sacrificed himself for us. He rose again as God's confirmation for you and me who said, this is my beloved son and it's wise to listen to him and follow him. And what he promises to do for those who choose to follow him is to be with you. He'll teach you. He'll lead you in kingdom ways. And like the good shepherd, he leads us down paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And as you choose this door of Jesus, who called himself the door, you'll find out it's the wisest decision you've ever made in your life. Amen. Would you pray with me? Lord, we need you every moment in every choice, and every decision that we face. Fill us with the light of your wisdom so that we might walk in your ways and fulfill the purposes for which you created us. We ask this in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Now, as you go on your way, may Christ go with you. May he go before you to show you the way, behind you to encourage you, 
beside you to befriend you, above you to watch over, and within you to give you his peace. Amen. You've been worshiping with the internet and radio ministry of the Christian Crusaders. We pray today's message has encouraged you to call upon Jesus, the open door, when facing both large and small decisions in your life. Christian Crusaders is a nonprofit ministry supported entirely by the gifts of our listening audience. Estate gifts, large and small, have become a significant part of our ministry. Please consider a final gift to Christian Crusaders as part of your estate planning. We thank each of you for your gifts and prayers. We invite you to visit us on the Internet. Be sure to share Christian Crusaders with a friend, relative, or neighbor. By making more people aware of this ministry, we can share the word and spread the light of the gospel so no one walks in darkness. Our Internet address is www.christiancrusaders.org. Christian Crusaders is a nonprofit listener supported ministry that seeks to serve listeners of the airwaves with the pure, unadulterated Word of God, salvation by grace through faith. Feel free to contact us at 1 888 693 2484. Our mailing address is Post Office Box 522, Cedar Falls, Iowa 50613. We are happy you chose to worship with us, and we pray you will join us again next week on this station. Conducting our service today was the Reverend Steve Kramer, Senior Pastor of Shepherd of the Valley Lutheran Church in Afton, Minnesota, and Speaker on Christian Crusaders, on air and online for the past 82 years. <laughs>